Hello and welcome back to the Stuck In Between podcast. My name is Rami. And I'm Sandan. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we chat with stylist and fashion blogger Tina Abisakura from Trash to Treasure. Tina shares the story behind her business, the hurdles she faced to grow her passion into a career, her mission around economical and environmentally friendly outfits, styling tips and tricks we can all learn from, and advice for other up-and-coming entrepreneurs. If you're new to us, welcome. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at stuckinbetween underscore podcast, as well as our previous episodes covering topics from mental health, colorism, preserving stories, mythology, and plenty more. Now on to today's episode. Tina, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. You've been on our list of people to interview for some time now. But then on top of that, we do like a shout out to our listeners to share profiles of people that they'd like us to interview. And your name has popped up a few times. Wow. Um, And someone recently, like even unpromptedly DM'd us being like, you have to interview her. She's amazing. So we're really glad that we were able to get you on. I think our (laughs) listeners would love to listen. That's really (laughs) sweet. I really like being involved in things like this and I'm happy to share my knowledge and time so thank you for having me yeah thank you so much <laughs> um before we get into trashy treasured we'd love for our audience to know a little bit more about yourself mm-hmm. um, but to mix it up a little bit if we were to rewind back to a younger version of yourself what other three words that come to mind for you a daydreamer um yeah. curious and probably say shy as well yeah, yeah. Mm. you still think that you're those three words now Yes, but I have the knowledge to know that I can make daydreams like reality. But back yeah. then that wasn't mm. an option, right? Mm. What did yeah. you daydream about as a kid? First of all, I wanted to be a flight attendant. Nice. <laughs> I thought that would be fun because I wanted to travel. So now yeah. it's like, you know, work hard, get the money, travel. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, there's other options. Yeah. Um, but also I wanted to be famous. I'll say it. I did, but I didn't know how. Yeah. And I used to dance a lot when I was younger. Yeah. And I thought, oh, is this what makes me famous? And then, you know, I was never good enough or, you know, it kind of lose that passion, right? Like it's like, oh, whatever. It's just a childhood, silly little daydream. But yeah. That's so interesting. But then you went on to become a hydrologist. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm curious to know, like genuinely, because I Googled it and couldn't find a good answer. Like what mm-hmm. does a hydrologist do? What did that career entail? Yeah, so it's all about water resource management. Um, so my particular role, I worked for the New South Wales Office of Water. So we manage the rivers and the dams in the state. Right. Uh, we use computer modelling to look at historic data and project what kind of events are going to come in the wow. future. So even with the floodings that are happening in Lismore, like I think Lismore's had two to three one in a thousand year floods in the last five years. So mm. they're like anomalies in our data because it's it's not something that's been historic. So <laughs> we wow. kind of look at historical data to predict what's coming. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, so that sounds like a very analytical role. It is. <laughs> but fashion, which is where you are now, is obviously a super creative area. Where did the passion for fashion come from? That is just something I like. You know, I've always liked to dress up. Um, I've always looked for affordable options. So, you know, you guys know back in uni, you don't have much money, but there's like a uni party every week, right? Um, So it was kind of like, okay, where can I find like a $20 dress? And how do I turn like this Bonds singlet into something cool (laughs) for the next party? And Facebook was just on the scene. So it's like, 
back in the day, you think you need a new look for every party yeah. because everyone's taking photos. But um, so that's where it was. You know, my mum is very fashionable. My auntie is as well. One of our bonding activities was nice. shopping. So yeah. that's how it started. That's crazy. So I guess being in the science field, I guess this is a bit of a sidebar question. Mm. Did you feel like having an interest in fashion was a little bit frivolous because you are, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, in a very male-dominated industry? Correct. Absolutely. I remember there was like a one-year period when I started my role at uh, Office of Water where I stopped wearing makeup. Mm. I stopped doing my hair. Like, you know, I, I've started to really lean into blazers and pants and not dresses and, you know, fun yeah. prints. And it was very subconscious as well. Like I look back on it now and it's like, oh, okay, I understand why I did that. But in that moment, I really stripped back who I was what my personality was and I was miserable it wasn't nice because I I felt like I had to do that to be taken seriously Mm. um I was referred to as the secretary which there's nothing wrong with that but when you're trying to break into a industry or a career and you're what 23 24 you kind of feel like oh gosh no okay I need to be like the people that are successful Mm. and what that was was men yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's so interesting to see how in that time you were reflecting on how do I fit in, but mm-hmm. now you've been able to pave a new way for yourself through Trash to Treasured. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a bit about the name, first of all. The name was an accident. <laughs> it really was. Um, so back in the day, ASOS, they had ASOS Marketplace, which is mm-hmm. a place where you could sell clothes. And that's what I was doing because I love shopping. I actually work next to a Westfield, so I'd go shopping. Dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and great for yeah. my business. Yes, that's how true, it started, true, but it was true. very dangerous at the start. <laughs> but, and so I was just selling my pre-loved clothes mm. and Trash to Treasure was taken. So I called it Trash to Treasured and went from there. And that ended up being just my Instagram name as well, just mm. for ease. And that's it. But I think I've built off that name because of how I see it now, how I see what trash to treasure actually means now. Mm. It has a deeper meaning than just pre-loved clothes to me. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. What is that meaning? I think people have this misconception that just because something is cheap, it's bad. Mm. But it's finding the gems. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for some people, affordable fashion or shopping below a certain price point is their reality like there's no option but to do that Mm. and I was one of those people you know Mm. especially going from uni to a government job which doesn't really pay too much like I I only had a small amount of money to play with and so it was just to really say like no it's not trash (laughs) you know you can find gems in here and from a personal level as well I found my place and I felt most myself once I started this business. So it's kind of like feeling really low, really like I didn't fit in and trying to push like the round peg into the square hole mentality. And I I did feel bad about myself because I felt like I'm in a job I should be in. Why am I not feeling amazing Mm. to moving into my own business? That's so so powerful. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel like sort of losing yourself a little bit through doing the hydrologist job had really ignited your passion further in fashion, especially given that, You weren't able to sort of dress up in the way you wanted to and express yourself in the way you wanted to? Yes and no. I think what it gave me is kind of like you don't have to change the way you are Mm -hmm. um, to fit into a space. Let your your knowledge and your 
other merits speak for you. Mm. It doesn't matter what you're dressed like. And I think I use that now with my one-on-one personal styling clients because it's like, okay, I know people look at the way you look and then they make assumptions assumptions. but if it's going to make you feel like not yourself it's not worth it right Mm. like I know image is important but then bring the rest like let that person get to know you and like make that the most interesting thing about you not how what you look like yeah Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about your experience and then being a guy but like for me being a woman in the business space I find like people generally tend to dress a certain way right like when you go to conferences and stuff Mm -hmm. like that it's it's super cookie cutter but then the one person that wears a bright outfit or has like pink hair like they really stand out because Mm -hmm. you can tell they're trying to like just really be themselves but also Mm -hmm. break the mold of what it means and I feel like maybe with our generations now things are changing a little bit in terms of not judging someone just based on how they look just because someone's wearing a pink blazer doesn't make them less intelligent than yourself. I feel like we see with the younger generations now, those are the people who get more respect because they're kind of breaking the convention. Mm -hmm. Whereas with older generations that we've started working in the corporate world with, Mm. that's the cohort which kind of look at those people and kind of ostracize them because they are more than, like you said, this cookie cutter version should be. Mm. Exactly. And like also just, I think I'm like 10 years older than you guys, but with my peers, like if they're interviewing someone, I always ask like, what do you look for in a candidate Mm. or what stands out? And um, it is the whole, if they do like something a little bit different, to everybody else and not just try and be who we want them to be on paper and that's what I say to my clients that are getting ready for an interview I'm like okay let's get you like an interesting blouse still respectable polished Mm. all of that but you know something to make you stand out a little bit yeah that's awesome (laughs) um we read an article in which you said that a friend of yours was the one who encouraged you to like post your first photos on Instagram um are you still friends with this friend and like how much are you she lives there like she literally lives up the road (laughs) yeah she's amazing so it was um at a time where I'd been working for a year as a hydrologist and it wasn't fulfilling me. So I thought, okay, you know what I need to do? I need to study some more. And I went and started my master's in environmental law because I thought maybe I want to get into policy. And then I'd been doing that for a year and it was very interesting, but I still wasn't fulfilled. So two conversations happened kind of simultaneously. Um, One of my friends who's really into fashion and blogs and she's into like vogue and like photo mm. shoots and at the time she's like oh you know there are these things called blogs like why don't you share because I already shopped really affordably and I'd always found the sales so she's like why don't you just share that online so we can see it when it's live like yeah. and not yeah. you know when we see you in two weeks and you're like look at this great $20 dress I found yeah. um so that happened and then at the same time I was speaking to my then boyfriend now husband and I was like oh I'm really bored I go to work nine to five and that's about it. And, you know, it's like, you need a hobby. Like, what do you like doing? And in all honesty, I like shopping Mm. and I was good at it. And it kind of came together that way. So I was like, you know what? I'll just go hunting on my lunch breaks and just share what I find and explain how to style it or show how I style it. And that's how it started. Yeah, awesome. (laughs) I guess so for our listeners who might not know too much about Trash to Treasured, what's kind of like the business model or objective it started because I wanted to help. Like that's not to oversimplify it, but I just wanted to help people. And first it started off as just shopping, like finding, you know, showing that you don't have to spend too much to put together a nice outfit. Mm. And then once I started posting that, I noticed people asking me 
okay, I bought that thing you said, and now I don't know what to do with it. Oh. Um, I started noticing this gap, or yeah. like a knowledge gap. And that's when I retrained as a stylist yeah. so that I could help other people and other body types and other lifestyles and all of that. So essentially, I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, and just simplify something. What I've noticed is people were very daunted by you know, getting dressed for an event or even getting dressed for work and just to start your day thinking, oh God, I'm so overwhelmed. Like I didn't like that people were feeling that. And so my goal is to remove that. (laughs) Yeah, I might need your services because my wardrobe is very simple Mm -hmm. and I'm comfortable with that. And every time I've wanted to redo my wardrobe, we've gone into a lockdown. So I feel like at this Uh, rate, I'm cursed. Please don't. So I'm not going to do this again for the sake of Australia. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Can I give you a tip? Please. Because my husband is the same. um, Just looking at what you're wearing today, like my husband would wear the same things and like his wardrobe was very black or navy or grey. And so I've taught him contrast. So if you're going to wear a black jacket, wear a lighter T-shirt. And it's mm. so easy, but it will just add some interest. Okay. That's it. So this go, is, go this simple. This is what I need in my life. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, fashion's obviously like such a huge part of your life, right? But So you started off Trash or Treasured sort of as a blog on the side while you were working, but yep. not everyone musters up the courage to actually – take it on as a full-time gig because especially as brown people we're conditioned to be like we must have that stable job how did you make that switch first of all it was a long time coming and I think I've seen that meme or that quote where it's like overnight success and then underneath it's like eight years of this and you know what I mean like Like that iceberg yes yes yes. behind every overnight success is like 10 years of hard work so it was a very gradual change and Again, I started the blog just to help whoever was reading it. And as that grew, it was like the universe was telling me, like, you need to make a choice here because it was really hard to kind of manage both sides of it. So I kind of got dragged into it, like, because I couldn't let go of the idea of I meant to have a stable job. Mm. Like, so it took years to get to that point. And I think I'd had the blog from 2013 to, I'd say, 2017, 2018, Actually, 2017, I was asked to do a workshop at Macquarie Centre, like so a um, style workshops. And that was a big turning point. The fact that a you know shopping centre um, trusted me or liked my work enough to give me this autumn winter campaign opportunity and like doing the workshop and seeing people like nodding their heads, writing notes. People took out like notebooks Mm. and like were writing notes on what I was saying. I was like, oh my gosh, like maybe there is something here. Because until that point, and that's like what, four or five years, I I just thought, no, 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 it's just a hobby. It's just a side thing. So were you working as a hydrologist up until... I was working. Period. Uh, I was working as a hydrologist till June 2019 until I took a really? year off. So right. like two years after that. Yeah. Even. So 2017 happened. Like it was April 2017. I went and enrolled in a styling course straight away after mm. that because I was like, you know what, there's something here. Mm. But still, I was thinking it will be my weekend gig. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> still, and then uh, 2018 happened and more and more opportunities were coming my way and it was just like working around the clock I do not I mean 
I don't recommend it, but it's necessary sometimes when you're doing the juggle. Like I'd work eight to four or whatever, and then five to midnight doing content. Like yeah. it was just wild. And I was planning a wedding and I was, you know, it was just a lot. Yeah. Um, it, but it was something that I had to go through to push through to the other side. Yeah, I feel like hearing all of this is also reassuring for us yeah. because that's the kind of grind that we're on. Mm. We work our business hours and then switch laptops and then go into podcast mode. So yeah, yeah it's, it's always really positive to see and hear other people who've gone through the same things and been able to pull it off because it just gives us more reason to keep pushing through those long nights and those tough times. Mm. You'll get to a place and then when you get to that place, stop and realize that you're there. Like you don't have to keep going at that pace is something I needed to learn because I kept going at that pace and it wasn't necessary. And now I'm in this space where I'm like, oh, I have my business hours. Yes, I work weekends, but that means Monday I'm doing admin and going to the gym. Like, you know, you don't have to follow that nine to five Monday to Friday construct really yeah, no, make your own hours great advice for us mm. I think yeah. yeah definitely so aside from I guess the grueling hours when you were really kicking off with Trash to Treasured what would you say was some of the other difficult things that you came across that's a lot <laughs> yeah, I guess um growing up like you get your you know you have your core values like who you are as a person and what you want to be as a human being right and then I feel like that's your core and then there's this other layer on top which is what other people tell you what it should be like. (laughs) And that sits very close to your core values. So I think in 2018, like when all this stuff was kicking off and I was thinking about leaving, I really had to kind of unpack (laughs) what do I actually believe and what are my actual core values and what are things that have just been imposed and really Mm. like make that differentiation between the two and then rebuild I was as a person I feel like yeah so I could go all in with the business that's so hard to do I feel mm-hmm. um what, what was your process in that journey was it a lot of time away to self-reflect was it reading about what other people's experiences were how did that kind of manifest for you so therapy was great that was a major thing because I was feeling very overwhelmed with this decision because I felt like doing my own thing was rubbishing everything my parents had given me right Right. they had worked so hard to bring me to this place as you know immigrants like you understand this right and like and they were so proud that I was working like my dad used to work at the same office of water and he's a civil engineer in water resource management and now his daughter is and they were so proud of that and it's like well how do I now turn around and say I'm not happy. Mm. I'm really not. And I really want to go do this thing. I felt like I was disrespecting them. But then what I learned was to kind of find boundaries of where they end and I begin. Mm. Whereas, and my therapist actually said this about being brought up here and having these values from a different lifestyle and culture in this Australian society. Like she was saying, like she's seeing this fusion. Yeah. And it's not who that person is it's just like all these things that have just been fused to them because of their environment yeah that's so interesting yeah there's a lot of unlearning (laughs) that needs to happen there clearly right and I think that's something that many of us can relate to yeah uh, because a part of you does feel that guilt of I've been privileged to so many things but Mm -hmm. it's also the thing of you know do we live a stable life and kind of follow the same patterns or do we take these risks to take us to another level mm-hmm. and push us even more forward? Um, your fears about how your parents would think or react to you making this decision, was that aligned with how they actually reacted when you told them that you're going to take the leap of faith? Yes, but mm. it's not – I don't blame them. 
Yeah. Um, because they're coming from a place of fear, the unknown. They've already taken this leap to bring us to Australia and set up this life and all of that. And now they're like, oh my gosh, now you want to throw another spanner into yeah. the works. We're too old to like support you. It was that kind of fear. It was fear based a hundred percent. Um, and I understand that and I see that. And that's why like Paul, my husband, massive, massive part of what Trash to Treasure is today because he grew up very differently to me. He He's fourth generation Chinese Australian. Like he's been pushed to like do whatever he wants and follow his dreams. And he's very ambitious as well. And it showed me that it was not wrong to want to explore mm. something else. So I had an example in my life. Yep, yep. And also he's very... He's a planner, he's analytical. So even when all these things were happening with my blog and more opportunities were coming my way, he was like, okay, so you work through 2018, you'll get your long service leave in 2019. So you save, you know, six to 12 months worth of income. So take the year off unpaid. Like, so it, was, it wasn't just quitting my job. Yeah, so I, it was very strategic and I need that strategic element because yeah. I'm like, yay. Or I'm either like, yay, let's go for it. Or, oh God, I can't go for it because I'm going to mm. disappoint too many people. Mm. So yeah. he kind of he kind act. of like, yeah, yeah. Mm. found the middle ground for me. Yeah. And then how long did it actually take for your parents to come around? Maybe a year, a year and a half. Mm. Um, because the first year was a trial year of me doing it full time because I still had my job just was taking a year off so they still believed that I might go back right, right. <laughs> so it was kind of that was like a bit of a yeah like a buffer a buffer like, year yeah. maybe she'll go back yeah and then it was I was meant to go back July 2020 and we were literally smack bang in the middle of a pandemic mm. and I said this is not a reason for me to go back this is a reason for me to do what I want to do because yeah. literally anything could happen. Mm. We didn't plan for a pandemic, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, literally anything could happen. Yeah. So why go back to the safe option? I'm just going to give it a go. And on top of that, I acknowledged them and I said, thank you for everything you have done to get me to this place. If I hadn't taken that job and worked there, I couldn't have had the opportunity to do my lunchtime hunts, like just little, yeah. even yeah. down to that. Like I couldn't, I wouldn't have started a vlog or had the means to. Yeah. And if it wasn't a flexible working arrangement, I wouldn't have had the time to build it up. Like, so I was like, thank you. Like you were meant to bring me to this yeah. point. Yeah. And from here now I'm going to take it. It's not still in this field it's a different field but I've learned so much going through university working in a full-time job like I've there's so yeah. much I'm taking with me into this next chapter and that acknowledgement really helped yeah that's awesome mm. it's like I've got the baton now let me roll with it Correct. let's see where we can yeah, go and that's such a healthy approach to take as well because I think people often fear that maybe they'll they'll have to be disowned for a little bit or yeah. really have to go against the curve and end up in like an argument with their family or whatever it might be to do what they want to do. But I think the way that you approached it was just so healthy because you were understanding enough to know that they got you to where they were and you were super appreciative and understanding of why they had that fear in them too, which I think maybe not everyone understands. And that's why it was great to have Paul because he yeah. was like – a little bit removed like there's the fa family dynamic and then he's like mm. my husband and he can see both sides, mm -mm 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 -mm. Both sides mm -mm -mm -mm. and he's like hey 
don't get too angry because they're just scared. Like, yeah. you know, and it was, so it was really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So I guess um, we spoke a little bit on the pain points in starting your business. What has been the most exciting parts? What have been the parts that bring you the most joy um, in what you've been able to achieve? So many. <laughs> so many. I mean, I guess for me, success in my business is freedom and that's like freedom of time and freedom of choice and just that's what success is for me and like I feel like I'm happy like if this is all I kind of like, you know, if this is it, like if this is the level I I get to, like I'm so happy. That's amazing. I get to do something I really love and I choose the projects I work on and, and I think also just the fact that because I'm a small business, I can just change and like mm. fill a gap if I see it. So just with the pandemic, you know, I couldn't do in-store styling anymore. So yep. Okay. Virtual styling. Let's go. Let's do it. I wrote an ebook to help those people who can't afford styling or like I can't do everybody. Right. Yeah. So now I have an ebook and that helps them. So it's just like, I see little gaps and I can fill it yeah. and it's still serving my first purpose of starting this, which is to help people. That's what I love. Like that I can do that. Yeah. yeah. So I guess in, in summary, um, the purpose of your business is to help people find affordable but fashionable clothing. Um, and then obviously you have the side of your business where you're helping people by styling them apart from your blog. What are some very simple tips that people can mm-hmm. adopt without maybe seeking the extent of your full services with yeah. styling to be able to be fashionable but on a budget? Yeah. Can I just say... What I've noticed the most with my clients is that they just want someone to say, it's okay, you are allowed to wear that. Mm. Um, that's what I've, that like, encouragement. So yeah. That was like, just, just, you can, you can literally wear anything. It doesn't matter. Like, and people get nervous when they see me sometimes because they're like, oh, I'm just wearing this old thing. And it's like, no, I don't care. Are you happy? Are you happy in what you're wearing? It's like, yeah, I'm comfortable. I'm happy. That's it. If you tell me that you're not and you're just like feeling really down or whatever, that's when I step in and I help you, right? So I think it really, it's the mindset around it. Like I just want people to be comfortable in their skin. Mm -hmm. But something that if you want to try and revamp or, you know, try something new, I would say neutrals is king. You can never go wrong with a range of neutrals. They all mix and match together really well. So it's a really easy way to look put together. Mm. Gold detailing or metallic detailing adds lux. So, you know, like a buckle on a shoe or a belt or like putting on like some statement earrings, like mm. little tiny things like that can help you feel put together. Um, and just stuff that like fits correctly, like fits right. You know, um, I think there is... People are like, oh, well, I'm trying to lose a bit of weight, so I'm just not going to go shopping. I'll just wear this like really like loose thing. No, dress for the body you're in now. Like yeah. you're living today, so yeah. <laughs> like dress for this. Be happy in your today. We only get one life, so why yeah. not be happy? <laughs> and I guess for me, as someone who's not like super fashion conscious, you're not always conscious of how much what you wear does influence your mood and mm-hmm. how confident you feel in a situation. Yeah, and especially with working from home. Like mm. I, I don't have an office now. I like, I mean, my office is here in my house, but I still dress up. Like I still put my outfit on and it doesn't have to be major. Like just literally get out of your pajamas yeah. and you'll feel better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just changes your mind frame, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I guess um, one of the most important parts of your job would be to keep things fresh and stay inspired, right? Because you're writing blogs about different topics and you have to keep up your content on Instagram. 
when you do choose your next project that you're writing about or posting about, how do you go about that process? Um, my blog is for my audience. Mm. It's not for a brand. So what I mean by that is like I always go back to what people are DMing me, asking me for. Mm. Right. That's it. So I'll put up question boxes every now and then and say, what do you want to see this week? Like yesterday I put one up. I'm like, do you want coats first or boots first? Like for winter fashion, right? So, um, and that carries through to my brand collaborations as well. So they, they'll approach me with an idea and I'll only say yes if they give me that creative control to kind of pick the topic that we're doing. That's awesome. Um, I guess to shift gears a little bit, obviously in the world today, sustainability is so important in all industries. Mm -hmm. Um, You do post a lot about sustainability in the fabrics of the clothes you're wearing Mm -hmm. and ethical sourcing of materials and, you know, the cost ratio of clothes as well. Mm -hmm. Could you speak a little to the importance of sustainable fashion and how you would recommend people making those more changes day to day to be able to be more environmentally friendly with the clothes that we wear? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, it's only sustainable if you can sustain it. So it's not buying the $300 shirt because that's the most sustainable option. Like it's not for everybody. So find what works in your realm um, and for your lifestyle, for your budget. There's also, I always talk about like Pickwell style often, which is the name mm-hmm. of my ebook. Yeah. But it is, it's like you can buy something for like $20, but if you're going to wear that continuously, that is a form of sustainability. Mm-hmm. I think people see these like ethical brands and think they need to be that. That's not it. There's different options. Just like with fashion, there's different options for different people. It's like there's different kind of hats that you can put on in terms of sustainability as well. Um, Fabrics, of course, like is a big thing. What I say to that is, yes, do your research, but you can also use apps like Good On You app um, where you can put in the brand that you are shopping from and it'll tell you exactly what they're doing from a sustainability front and ethical front. So that's a tool that I always use and I encourage you to look at it too. And you'll be surprised because there are brands like Kmart that are high up and I always get trolled for uh, posting Kmart, but I don't post everything from Kmart. That's the whole thing about treasure hunting. You find the treasures in there. But Kmart is such a huge brand and it has the resources to invest in these like really sustainable fabrics now it's kind of like a scale now you've got your you know really high-end brands that are doing things and then you've got your Kmart's in the lower end who have the budget and the volume to make it affordable so yeah yeah. that's so interesting because you tend to bucket doors like Kmart into one category right like because everything is so cheap maybe it's not super sustainable and maybe you won't be able to get a lot of wares out of it. And Mm. I'm sure with some items at Mm -hmm. this store, that is the case. But the point you brought up of the treasures aren't in the entire store. Like you kind of need (laughs) to pick out which ones do uh, or are sustainable or will get that shelf life at home. Um, That's so interesting because I'd never really thought of that because you think like, you know, in order to get lots of wares out of an item of clothing, it needs to be a little more expensive because mm-hmm. then that's why it's expensive because mm-hmm. it's probably made from better materials, which will you last think longer, that, right? right? Don't you? Yeah. But it's, uh, and I think that's part of my challenge as well with my job because um, people are like, oh, I spent $200 on this blazer and it just like fell apart. Why would I buy like the, you know, $80 sports girl one? And I'm like, yeah, because 
that's but it's gonna last you better <laughs> like you yeah. know just because yeah. that was two hundred dollars it's crazy i'm in of anything like because i have an online store as well like i see the whole sale price point and it's like um, oh my god yeah. <laughs> like, that, it's <laughs> that relationship between like price and quality i feel like we're trained to think one thing but it's actually not because for me i always feel guilty if i'm gonna buy like a 200 dollar pair of shoes I'm like, you know, there's people dying in the world because they can't eat and I'm forking out 200 bucks for a pair of shoes. But then on the other side, you're like, maybe I need to do this because everyone else is doing this. But Mm. the reality is that you can get away with something that's a lot more affordable and economical and environmentally friendly without forking out as much as we are trained to think that we do need to. Yes, I would say this is my purpose with the blog now, now that I'm talking to you. (laughs) But yeah, it's really like dismantling that. Um, And also there's a place for affordable options because there's growing families. There's Mm. women that are pregnant and need something just for their pregnancy belly. Like, you know, there's a role. Like you're not going to go out and pay a lot of money for something you need for nine months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. And I think it's also your point about the shoes and then like, not all brands are made equal, right? So like two pairs of $80 shoes might not be the same. It's so hard to pick mm-hmm. and choose from that point of view as well. That's where my blog comes yeah. in. I do the hunting. Yeah. I've never <laughs> thought of this before. <laughs> yeah. I also see, um, especially during the pandemic, people who extend kind of this logic beyond just fashion, but to like furniture as well. So mm-hmm. even finding things on the side of the street, which people put out for council cleanups, taking that home, refurbishing it and working in an environmentally friendly and economical way. Um, it gives you this passion project where you're putting your heart, using your hands, but also helping the planet by not over consuming mm-hmm. as well. So yeah. I think, yeah, to your point i'm learning some of these things don't only apply to the fashion world in the way that you're doing Mm. they can extend to other aspects of life which is a really powerful thing to do through your blog to teach people that we do have all these options rather than over consuming in the capitalistic way that we're trained to be yeah that's the other thing right we feel like we always need more of everything whereas that's not necessarily the point like to your point before just having a bunch of neutrals that you can just mix and match and get Mm -hmm. more wear out of Mm -hmm. is also another way that you can be sustainable rather than just thinking you always need like a new outfit for every new event that you're going to and your point about Facebook you mentioned before (laughs) when you were younger like that was up and coming now it's Instagram right like people Mm. feel like they can't post the same outfit twice on their Instagram grid and it's something that I because like people would get annoyed when I post an outfit and it's sold out as in it's from last year right like it's like oh sorry this blazer's from last year and it like people get annoyed about that and I used to feel really bad because I'm like Mm. oh I'm trying to help and like uh, like I'm posting this thing that sold out but it's like you know what no that's real life yeah. like you re-wear your clothes yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's so true um, we had a few of our listeners DM us requesting us to get you on the podcast a few have mentioned that you've been like a real inspiration to them creatively mm-hmm. and the way you've been able to grow your business and make sure that people are breaking some of the conventions in terms of fashion. Um, and a few others have called out how humble you are and oh. true to, you are, to your brand. <laughs> yeah. As you've grown in this way and you are getting brand deals and you know big companies reaching out to collaborate with you, how are you able to stay true to your initial objective that you started off your company with? I think it goes back to why did I start? And that was to help. Like, I'm not here to make it harder than it needs to be. I'm here to simplify things for everybody. I don't want to add problems to your world. (laughs) I'm trying to take it away. So I think just it goes back down to my why. 
that I started the business and that's the foundation of every single thing that I do and every collaboration or business venture that I do. How am I helping you? I love that. But I feel like a lot of people lose the why when they are growing yeah. in such a big They forget big why way. they mm-hmm. even started what they're doing and they get caught up in the glitz and glamour that comes yeah. with when your mm-hmm. business does become successful. Yeah, it's hard because it you do have to check in. Um, the year that I took off, I was saying yes to a lot because I was scared. Mm. My goal was to earn as much as I was earning in my nine to five and that would be success for me. Yep, yep. And so I was saying yes to a lot of things. I've lost my way. Like I felt, <laughs> it's going to sound weird, but I felt like the brand's bitch. I don't know if I can, <laughs> I no, swear. Yeah, yeah. But like it, I lost me. Right. Because I was saying yes and I was like, oh yeah, sure, I'll do that. And it's like, oh, can you, yeah, I don't know. They were just saying, asking me to do a few things for collaborations, which I kind of was like, oh yeah, sure, I'll do it. But I was slowly losing myself and I just, mm. I was like, who am I now? Mm. And I remember thinking I did not, do all this work and leave a job that I wasn't happy in to then turn this job into something I'm not happy in. Yeah. Like I had that so moment true. and I was like, no, get get it together. Go back to basics. <laughs> like, That's so good. Oh my yeah. God. It's so good that you've just been able to check yourself like that over time yeah. because those are tough conversations to have with yourself as well. Oh, but I don't like, I just want to be happy. <laughs> like, you know, but that's the thing is yeah. that like, I just want to like, yeah, live my day doing things yeah. I like. Yeah. So. yeah. You've you got your priorities in the right place. <laughs> yeah. Which is amazing. Mm. So in the timeline of things that you mentioned when, when things were happening for you, like 2017, 18, 19, if you don't mind me calling out, you would have been in your thirties. Is Correct. that right? I'm um, 85 born. So yeah, yeah. yeah. 32. I feel like. <laughs> You know, a lot of the time we feel like we need to get it together in our 20s. Uh, How did you not succumb to that pressure of breaking the curve, first of all, but also doing that maybe in your 30s when you're told that you should be doing all of that in your 20s? Um, again, my husband played a massive role in this in that uh, he's four years younger than me. So he was doing life at a different pace. But when I was saying, oh, we should get married soon or we've got to, you know, like it's because everybody else is getting married at that point. Like we were the last ones to get engaged, last ones to get married, all of that. Like we had really deep conversations about, but why? Like, why mm. do you want to do this? And it comes back to what we were talking about before of the fusion of who you are as a person like what your core values are and then there's like what you should be doing and you can't differentiate the two. Yeah. And so we were really working through that. And it's like, do you actually want kids right now? Do you actually want to get married? I'm like, no, I want to do this, 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 this. you know, and it was yeah. like being really honest. And then that's how like I realized I didn't actually want these things. I just thought I had to do them. Conditioned to think I was con- yeah. And this is, again, he's not from our community. Like yeah. he's very different. And so it, I saw a different way of life really. Yeah. That I could have. Yeah, I guess that's why it's so important for us to remember that there is a world beyond just the circles that we mingle in, yep. right? To get those different perspectives and to push what we are conditioned to think. Yep, absolutely. It was, and it was like, it's so simple, but it was mind blowing after being in yeah. the one circle yeah. for my whole life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, one of our closing questions for you with winter coming soon already feels like winter by the way yeah (laughs) um what are some fashion tips that you have for our listeners or some really great places to shop for both men and women uh so for men and women uniqlo you cannot go wrong oh gosh they're so good and they have amazing like 
materials and fabrics that will keep you warm, but they're thin as well. So, cause like when it's autumn, winter, you want to layer and that adds interest to your outfit, right? So, um, there's like the merino wool jumpers that they have and knits and they're great for work as well. Yeah. Offices get cold. So mm. just a basic knit from them with like your work pants. Like that's what I lived in when I was in an office. Uniqlo would be my place to go. Well, basics. That's awesome. <laughs> Maybe we should head there after. We should. Yeah, <laughs> I, like I highly recommend. <laughs> yeah. So the way we wrap up our episodes is to ask our guest a thought-provoking or deep question. And we've started recently to ask our previous guests for a question for the next guest. So the question our last guest left for you is, if you could ask one person, alive or dead, one question, who would it be and what would you ask them? Ooh. Um, one of... My, someone I look up to growing up was Princess Diana. <laughs> I thought she was the original influencer. Yeah. I thought, um, I loved how kind hearted and big hearted and like, I love everything that she did while she was with us, but she did it with so much scrutiny and people tearing her down and the media and a family that was a bit <laughs> like, you know, hard to be in yeah, and yeah. protocol and all of that. And I think something I really struggle with, um, as I mentioned, like I just try and lead from the heart and I'm just trying to help. So when people want to nitpick at that, like trolls and all of that, like being in social media, like mm. there's all these like other noise going on. Um, so I would like to ask her how she navigated. Love that. Keeping to her message, but dealing with the media. That's such a great answer. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Who, what about you, Roy? Who is someone that you would want to ask a question to dead or alive and what would it be? My answer would probably be my mum's mum, mm-hmm. so my grandma, who passed away when I was four years old, so mm-hmm. I never really got to know her. Yep. Um, so she moved away from one part of Sri Lanka to another to work at a time where women weren't really working and her siblings and her sisters got married at like a super young age and she didn't want to because she wanted to work. So I would ask her how she navigated that and why she made that decision. Mm -hmm. Like what gave her that inspiration to be like, no, I don't want to just succumb to all the expectations that are put on me, yes. but do this for myself instead. Oh, Love and that. That, yeah. And at that time yeah. as well, yeah. that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. And I, I can see why you and your mum are the way you are, because I feel like you've just got this family of like really strong, independent women. Mm. And it maybe it started With from her. your grandma. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. How about you, Sen, then? It's funny because I would say my grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's someone who I... Didn't get to see the best version of. Yeah. But everyone speaks of him so highly. Um, yep. He didn't have a formal education, but he had this really amazing career in radio. Yep. And he just brought so much to different people's lives. Yep. He's the kind of person who would take the tie off his neck and give it to an acquaintance if that person said they liked the tie, yep. right? He's just such a giving person. Yeah. Um, so I would ask him how to live a life of joy and purpose yep. in the same way that he did. Yeah. I love that. Do you feel like you'd already know the answers based on if you really thought about it and look at, at your parents and how your parents are? Or do you think you could get the answer? I think so because I think it's just like a, a for, for at least for my example, it's just like that human nature of 
we have a fleeting existence mm-hmm. and nothing matters, right? We don't yep. take anything with us to our graves. Yep. The purpose of our life is to love and to give back to everyone in any way you can. So mm. it doesn't matter who it is. I think that's like the core value that's driven him to live his life in the way that he did. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I think in a simplified version, I yes. think we do have the answers to that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. How about for the both of you? I like yes and no. I think, yeah, from knowing the type of person my mum is, I can probably get an idea of my grandma's personality type as well and that maybe she just had like this inherent thing where she didn't want to just succumb to all of those expectations but at the same time like it would be interesting to hear from her someone from that time period because I think that's what like I'm lacking here because like obviously I was not around then yeah like from what you know in history books like it was really difficult for women back then particularly in a country like Sri Lanka so I think that's what I'd want to know and I don't even think my mum had that conversation with her ever So I like I don't have that link somewhere. Maybe I yes. should probably go home and ask her and yeah. like ask my aunties to see if any of them yeah. had had that conversation yeah. with my grandma. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Tell How me, you? tell me what you. I what will. You I will. I'll <laughs> let you guys know. I'm like, I'm curious because yeah. that's she sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Um, I think so as well. Like. Essentially, it's like, how do I block out negativity? And, Mm. you know, is what I'm searching for. Um, And I think my answer would be it's a practice. And it's there's some days that it's going to kind of break through and some days that you're stronger. And it's just like a constant practice of resilience. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. It's so interesting. I I love that you posed the question of, do you think we already have the answer? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm. Um, So what question do you have for our next guest? Okay, so if the average human life was 40 years, how would you live yours? Mm. Mm, that's, that's a good, good one. one. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've got an answer, but our listeners can wait for the answer the for next, next episode. episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw something this week and it was like, if you die today, are you proud of the last week you've had? Mm. Oh my God. Two good questions <laughs> for our next guest. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Tina, thank you (laughs) so much. Like we've seriously had so much fun recording with you. Your energy just radiates off you. It's incredible. I don't think you've stopped smiling this entire time. Even though, like even when you're talking about all the challenges and all the difficulties, like you have not stopped smiling. So it's been Uh, a real pleasure to meet you and to have this conversation with you. Thanks guys. It's been really lovely to share it. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. Make sure to check out Tina's Instagram page at Trash to Treasured to learn more and for some dope and affordable styling advice. And don't forget to find us on Instagram at stuckinbetween underscore podcast where we'll be announcing a super exciting project very soon. We'll see you then. Bye.